0: Um, we find that we learn better when there's discussion. Uh, we learn better when there's more voices. We learn better uh, when we spend more time on a subject. It's like rote memory, you know, that whole, you know, write this a hundred times on a paper. Your conscious hates it. Your subconscious loves it. So what we're doing today is we're taking an extra week in the habit series, and we're going to go back and we're going to revisit each of the, what was it, six Habits um, uh, Subjects, okay? And we're going to have just a quick discussion on each of those. Uh, We're going to give these guys a chance to share. And really, I want you guys to just take it in this morning, okay? This is family hearing from family. This is a peer group discussion, okay? And for you guys, um, I don't know if you saw my email or not because my email shut down on Wednesday and I haven't gotten an email since. So if you replied, I don't know about it. Uh, But Pastor Sean's a beast. He's fixing that. Okay. Uh, Anyway, I didn't change. I changed a little, but I wasn't gonna tell you about those changes anyway. Uh, (laughs) No, I've got a couple of questions off the top that that are supposed to be unknowns for you, so. Anyway, this is a conversation between me and you, so if you get nervous, again, don't look at these guys. They're just watching, it's like they're watching TV, and you guys can focus on me and all that scaredness will go away, okay? No stress, no pressure. We're just here to enjoy conversation, okay? Is that good? We're all ready? Okay. And I believe the backside of the bulletin is, is it full of stuff or is it blank? It's blank. So go ahead and take notes. I would encourage you to take notes. All right. Question number one today, guys. And also while we're answering this first question, they're going to be doing some mixing and some semi EQing in the house to kind of make you sound better. So just speak up, keeping the microphones in front of you. Question number one, it's a big important question regarding habits. If you could only use one condiment... For the rest of your life, what would it be? Jump in. No.
1: Salsa.
0: Salsa. Why? Ketchup. Ketchup? Fantastic. Why, though?
2: Why? Why? Yeah. Because it goes with everything.
0: It goes with everything. It
2: can't, it can't go wrong with Are it. you a cover it
0: up or a, like, add to it with ketchup type yes.
2: person?
0: <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Okay, how about salsa, though? Why salsa?
1: Yeah, it goes on everything except cake and
0: cookies. Have you tried though? No. <laughs> Andrew, how about you? Something bacon flavored, I imagine.
3: <laughs> I like barbecue. Barbecue, barbecue? as long as it's good barbecue.
0: Sweet what? What is good rays. barbecue?
3: Sweet baby rays.
0: Sweet baby rays. You guys, you heard it here. Sweet baby rays is good barbecue. Okay, Tom.
4: Well, I was going to say salt, but, uh... (laughs) That's a seasoning, my friend. It's a seasoning, but, yeah, you know, a barbecue sauce, and we make our own, so... Oh,
0: very nice. That's actually not at all surprising. All right, one more question. Um, How do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza? This is
4: a mortal sin. Mortal sin! We have one
0: for mortal sin. I highly
3: disagree. Highly disagree. (laughs) He
0: highly disagrees. Okay, why? Um...
3: I think there are a lot of people that are afraid of the idea of pineapple on pizza. Therefore, they see it, and then the, even if they try, it's like, no. But you have to open up. Open up just, just, you're just it's, okay. it's good for you. It's, it's good proved. for you. What?
0: It's, it's good for you. It's, it's really good. All right, all right. That's enough from, from crazy. All right. What do you guys say?
2: Pineapple on pizza is a yes and amen.
0: Okay. And same for you? Yeah. Yeah? That's wonderful. Yeah, dad. That's
4: fantastic. I speak for thousands of years of Italian tradition and history.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. I'll eat it. I'm Italian, too. I'll eat it, but that's because I'll eat just about anything. It it doesn't mean that it's good. That's the proof. All right. So, the first week um, of the Habit Series, we talked about hanging out with God. And so the big question for this series, or for this section <clears throat> is, uh, what does your personal alone time with God look like? So with, with, when you and God, when you spend that time alone, um, how often, when, where, what do you do to prepare for it, all of that information. Go ahead and jump in whenever you guys like.
4: I don't always want to be first, but... <clears throat> changed through the years, so you know um, if you had asked me this twenty years ago it wouldn't have been much um, so through the you know last twenty plus years it 's evolved, and um, most recently, the change has been uh, like this spring, summer, and fall i 've been spending uh, time during the day specifically walking. I take two three you know, mile walks, and I, uh, I pray, of course, and I. It's a place where not many people are at, and I would really recommend that. <laughs> um, but I spend time alone, and I listen to Scripture, I listen to devotionals, and I pray a lot and listen to God, and so that's my alone time. And uh, when it isn't that, it's usually on the carpet somewhere, alone, and getting to the secret place, which is the best place of all. Amen.
0: Fantastic. That's, that's wonderful. And if you guys are going to write anything down, I want you to write this down. It changed over time. As he changed, as he grew as a person, his needs and his time with God's needs changed. And it's absolutely fair for that to be the case in your life. Okay. Next.
2: Well, mine's also changed over time, depending on the ages of my children and my work schedule. But but most recently, as in like the last, I don't know, maybe twenty years. Um, my alone time during the, week, the weekdays at four o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee in my hand and my favorite chair with my nest of stuff around there. And it's, it's my date with Jesus, it's my date with, with, my, with my Lord and with the Holy Spirit. I, um, it, I liken it to like, it, it's not, it's not a, a, a have to, it's a get to. It's a get-to. And it's not like that I have this deep spiritual experience and, you know, revelation and prophetic this and that every morning. Um, but it grounds me. And You know, there's so much in, in the world that can be distracting. That All you have to do is watch the news, which I'm fasting from at this point. But um, so much to distract and so much to overwhelm and, or in the family or whatever. This switches my focus. This puts it where, it where it belongs. And sometimes, you know what, I'm tired when I get up. But um, you know, it's just like I love to spend time with my husband and we don't have to be in some deep, you know, meaningful conversation. We just hang out. And that's a joy. And we just bask in each other's love for it. We bask in our mutual love for each other. And that's how it is with my date in the morning. And um, Throughout the day, you know, as some of you know, I teach, and so I'm around hundreds, hundreds of teenagers all day long. But and I'm praying in the spirit most of the time, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, and it's um, again, it's a grounding thing. It's like, Lord, I've got this lesson plan plan, but I think it sucks actually. So <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you to take this over. So you know, awesome.
0: That's wonderful. Something I'd like to grab a hold of there. I have one question, but something I want everybody to kind of get a hold of is, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say pray for a moment. It says pray without ceasing. Pray constantly. And being in constant prayer throughout the throughout the workday, throughout the things that you're experiencing is a great way to be in constant communication with God and really extend that moment. Um, you know, my wife and I, there isn't really any time of the day where messaging each other calling each other is off limits we're constantly texting call, constantly calling because we love each other because we're we work together because there's communication that needs to happen and it's not like your your your, your time with God has to end because your morning half hour is over really your, your time with God can um extend throughout your entire day and actually becomes uh, a much more deep deep thing then um Maybe you answered this and, and I just missed it, but um, you said that it's it's a pleasure, not something you have to do. To spend time with God is something you look forward to, like with your husband. How did you get to that point? Because I think a lot of us really struggle with having to do this, and we feel bad when we don't. Um, how do you? How did you get to that point, or did you maybe never experience that?
2: Um, well, when I first when I first became a Christian and and was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was like, yeah, you know, I the Lord just lavished stuff on me because. Because we weren't in a, in a spirit-filled church or anything like that. And so I felt like I got tutored one-on-one with the Holy Spirit. And, it's you know, it's taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And once you taste it like my fresh raspberries on frozen yogurt, you want more. I want more. And, and like I said, it doesn't have to be this deep, you know, thing. It's just that um, when I came to that place, and it took many, many years... Of um, knowing the father heart of God, it was overwhelming.
0: Okay, so if I could just um, kind of just, just to encourage people that are maybe on, on the other side of that, you're saying it took time, and that was okay, mm-hmm. and when it happened, God was just there. and yeah. it was overpowering still, yeah. it seems. okay. Uh, Terry
1: um, my It was hard for me. Um, I grew up in a family where I was not wanted, and i had my father used to beat me viciously and stuff, so to me I, had, uh, I never had for a long time a relationship with my heavenly Father because of I, I hated my father and um, so I got saved. When, and oh, I went to a very authoritarian church. it was Episcopalian, and I was dropped off at seven in the morning at the first time to church by myself in the fog at seven a.m. And my father said, and my par- my parents never went to church, and we were my brother and I. We were sent to church every Sunday, and I'm standing there, a five-year-old kid in the dark in this town, you know, and just terrified and. Finally, the door opened, I went in and sat down, and, and the whole I was an altar girl, I sang, all this stuff, you had to wear this uniform all the time, and it was very, all very, very strict, and very, prayers were out of a book and stuff. So in college, when I got saved, I found that the little booklet, uh, what was it called? What was it called? New Life or something like that, and so I read it, and I go, ooh, because I was trying to get back in college again. I was staying with some friends. And they had a prayer. And I thought, oh, I'm going to say this prayer and really mean it. So uh, I did. And like whoosh, Jesus was inside of me looking out my eyes. And it was really weird. And I go, you're really here and you're inside of me. And he says, yes, I'm inside of you. And you won't always feel me like this. But I will always be with you. So it took me a while to get a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, yet I still had this blockage of not being able to, to new am I hearing an echo? Oh well. Anyway, to learn to know my Heavenly Father. And He was really gentle with me, and I started learning to pray in tongues and things until I finally could say, He was my Heavenly Father. And, and it was a slow breakthrough. Even now, I'm getting closer and closer to Him, where with the Lord, He's always with me. The Holy Spirit, I'm always praying in tongues and singing and stuff. And I was a cleaning lady for years, and nobody was home, so I could sing in the spirit, you know, and and talk to the Lord and talk to my heavenly Father. And so that's where I am now. But with me, it was a long journey. But he was so kind and so gentle and not this authoritarian, mean person anymore. He, I finally learned he was my daddy. Amen.
0: Amen. That's fantastic. I actually live there and could talk about it forever, so I'm not going to do that, but thank you. Andrew. So for the longest time
3: I was kind of on the other side, uh kind of in this I don't know, mental like I just had this idea that like I just needed to needed to do it. Like um I should read the Bible and I uh I should talk to God and like pray for things, but I mean, I guess I'm supposed to, so I will. Uh, and, it, it, like, I like I wanted to, but I wanted to because I wanted to do what was right. And it wasn't until, like, the past few years that I really, like, started to break out of that, just because I lived in that place for so long, uh, just feeling, like, guilty when I didn't uh, do it as much as I wanted to or much as I thought I should. So it's the thing that's that he's taught me um that has really helped me break out of that is just like being with him with no expectation. Uh expecting him to show up but not having any expectation of me to like to like have my daily rigid meet with him at eight PM every single day think because that's not what relationship is. Um, and I thought I knew him, but I didn't realize that it really just took me um, spending time with him as a father and as a friend, in a, just in a different way than I had ever
0: thought of it before. So just to reiterate a little bit, um, your relationship with God used to be like you thought it needed to be static, unmoving, unchanging, always the same every day. But you learned that it needs to actually be dynamic, constantly changing, because you're constantly changing and there's always movement in relationship, yeah? Yeah. Very good, love that. Okay, so there's one thing I forgot to do and we're gonna shift what we're doing moving forward from this question. First of all, I forgot to introduce the panel, so I'm gonna go ahead and do that now. (laughs) Starting from your left, we have Andrew DeWitt. He's been, uh, he's been hanging around here doing stuff with us for a very long time, even though you might not have noticed him, because he does tend to be very quiet, but he is a beast, and we are excited to have him here. Uh, then, forgive me on these next two last names, because I, they look like they should sound the same, but I don't think they do. Terry, can you pronounce your last name for me? Cron. Cron, okay. This is Terry Cron. Welcome her. Yes? Terry has volunteered a pile of hours recently um, helping organize and clean up from the flood next door and some of this, some stuff in the kids' church room, and we're super thankful for her, but most importantly, lady makes some good cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, she's brought in like three dozen cookies for the last like month, and I can't stop. Last Tuesday, they brought in oatmeal cookies with raisins, and I looked at them, I'm like, those are raisins. I'm like, raisins are horrible, and then I ate like 15. (laughs) So...
1: (laughs) I gave, I gave somebody cookies this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next we have Mary Crone, yeah? Uh, and Mary has been a part of Destiny Forever. Yeah, let's welcome her. Uh, Mary and her husband um, are currently hosting the Alpha series on Sunday afternoons. I encourage you guys to plug in with them. They're incredible people and you really want to get to know them. And finally here on my right, and also your right, uh, is Tom Befudo. <laughs> Uh, Tom is, uh, a designer of buildings. He's he's, he's an architecture guy and he, he made a really awesome garage that I just love. But most importantly, um, he's the guy who sits up here in the front during, during first service and, and, uh, judges, um. Judge is a weird word, but that's what he's doing. He's deciding um, whether or not a word that we're hearing is one for the group or one for just ourselves. And and really, he's a, he's a guy who hears from God, and that's why we wanted him to be here. So, Tom, thank you. Uh, Mary, Terry, Andrew, thank you guys so much for giving your time this morning. I know two services is a very long time, and it's exhausting because I do it every week. But uh, we, we very much appreciate your time and your input and your thoughts on these subjects. So... The thing we're changing moving forward, um, and next service we'll do this as well, uh, first, that first question I want everybody to answer, but moving forward, you don't have to answer every question if you don't want to, okay? Uh, mostly because time, we don't have a whole lot, and we've got uh, like six more questions to get through. So uh, week number two, we talked about attending church. And I'm going to go ahead and start with this first question. It has been said that there is no such thing as a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because your relationship with Jesus is not meant to be kept personal. Do you feel there is any truth to that statement? I'll answer that.
2: Um, It's partly true. I disagree with the part where it says that there's no such thing as a personal relationship with Christ. um, Because there is. Because because we are individuals, and, and this is not a one-size-fits-all. Like, you have to fit in this cookie-cutter of a relationship with Jesus Christ, because he, he speaks to us, He relates to us, He comes to us in the unique way that we need Him to or that we want Him to, because, because we're unique. He created us in that way. And so we do have a personal relationship with Christ. Mine doesn't look like yours or anybody else's. It's because it's my relationship. It's my experience. And I am supposed to give that away. Why on earth would I want to hog something like that? Why on earth would I not want to share the best thing that could ever be, ever? And to let people know that it's just as personal for them as it is, as it is for me.
0: In case you guys are wondering, this morning is... Um, and exercise in attending church, being the church, sharing, building one another up, Amen. encouraging. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Um. You go ahead. No, everybody can share. I don't, I don't care I We'll go as far as we can.
3: Um. I agree completely. Uh, I think it's. I think you. Re, it's really important to have that time personally. Uh, to and. Just for God to pour into you, and for you to just um, to have have that closeness with Him. But then, of course, you have to go out and share. And then when you come into the body of Christ, and like you're a part of the body, like it's 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 that everyone has their own relationship with God, but you're all connected as a family, it's in the family of God, to build each other up, to hold each other accountable. Uh, being able to look at someone and say, um, "Man, that is exactly that's the God that I know," that I can I can see him in you, or I don't feel like you're acting like yourself, and I hate that for you, and I want to build you up, and I want to encourage you to to be who God's calling you to be. It's it's that kind of hearing from him and then hearing from others that's required. It's I feel like it's a
0: they should be equal. That's fantastic. Any other thoughts?
1: Um, he's just my best friend. I can talk to him. I can't always talk to him. <laughs> it's just part of life. It's part of life. But um, not only just the friendship and the everyday thing, you know, I mean, the smallest thing I can take to him, to, to the Lord, but we we share Jesus in safe way and at coffee and um, uh, Walmart and oh gosh if we see somebody in a cast or something I'm like oh can we tell you about Jesus can heal that up for you, <laughs> you know can we pray for you it's just a wonderful friendship loving journey 24 7 I mean I can wake up oh when you get old it's hard to go to sleep <laughs> and you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep so I just start talking to the Lord or to the Holy Spirit and, you know, get into this conversation and stuff. So it's just like 24-7, not just for ourselves, but it's to give it out and that sharing and that love. I, I just love people. That's why I give you all cookies. I just love people. And that's from the Lord Jesus Christ because I did not grow up. Love was a dirty word. And so I just can't give it out enough. I, it's just wonderful.
4: Tom, did you have something you wanted to add? I was just going to say, well, you know, it's one heart at a time, right? So we come to the Savior. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that multiples could do it all at once, but typically, right? Amen. It's one-on-one with God, and you're changed. Mm -hmm. Jesus does it. I love it. But as far as the public side of it, if you will, of course, it's easy to do it in here. It's how it manifests outside. And talking about being a carrier, you know, so like in your business, your work, your relationships at work, you know, wherever you might be, whether it's at the grocery store or whatever, is how you carry yourself and how that might come across. And you don't, frankly, I'm not an evangelist in your face kind of guy. I can't go up to somebody and, you know, just reel it off. Not like that. But I think if there are ways to serve and to show the love of God in Christ and how that can be just out, right? The way you live it. So, Do I do that always? No, but that's the idea. anyway. It's the goal. It is the goal. Praise the Lord.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. So I want you guys to take something away from this question from this moment. I wrote these questions. Okay. Uh, Well, actually, that first one Sean wrote, but I wrote the rest. And uh, so this question um, was spawned from a a statement that I have read online. Somebody wrote online, like in a meme or something. um, There's no such thing as a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because it's supposed to be shared. Something to that effect. And it's a little bit controversial. So I brought a controversial idea to the group. By and large, the group disagreed. And we were all better for it. We were all built up for it. We had a discussion. Ideas were shared. um, Truth was shared. And we're all not only stronger together, but we're stronger in the Lord because of it. That's what church should be. Okay, next question. Um, Under being generous, week three, it was all about uh, about giving. and and living in that kind of giving nature like God does. So in in his message, Pastor Sean gave us three directives to encourage us to give. Inspect your heart and give cheerfully. Reject recognition and expect God's blessing. The question I want to ask you guys right now is, which of these ideals have you struggled with the most in your walk with God? inspecting your heart and giving cheerfully rejecting recognition and expecting God's blessing and I just totally jumped into uh, game show host mode I need to (laughs) come on down Uh, need to back out of that so yeah inspect your heart give cheerfully reject recognition and expect God's blessing which of those have you struggled with the most?
2: I struggled with the expecting God's blessing part of it because it it felt like um, it felt selfish you know that I mean, I I grew up, I can relate to you with with a lot of things with the Father, um, that you don't, you're not, I'm not entitled to anything. You don't ask for anything. And um, in those rare occasions when you're given something, you just be really grateful and move on, but you didn't get it because you deserved it, you got it just because you got it. And so it it felt like putting strings on God. Well, I gave this, now you better bless me. and I just, I just could not wrap my head around that um, very easily at all. But again, I get back to the father heart. You know, I, I asked the Lord for a long time to show me your father's heart because I had a hard time relating to that, too. And actually, we were at IHOP one weekend, and I was just praying, you know, Lord, I just w- want to understand your father's heart because I just don't get this. And it gave me this vision that this little ragamuffin girl who was me, um, pulling this little red wagon around through, the, through various neighborhoods and picking up all these little stray kitties. And I'm not even a cat person. I'm a puppy person. But anyway, um, picking up all these little stray kitties and, and putting them in the wagon. And pretty soon the wagon was full and I, and I go home and I knock on the door because it's like, you know, you don't just barge into your home. And, and here is Father, Father God, my dad. And these little kitties turned into people. And I said, I found him. Can we keep him? And he said, yeah. You can bring some more, too. Then, then I got that idea of his blessing. That makes sense.
0: Um, I think part of the reason we struggle with blessings so much is because human nature is, I'm going to take care of number one. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to get mine, right? And then we come to Christ in the church for generations and generations, and our parents for generations and generations, grandparents and so on, have just beaten into us that um, uh, that's wrong. Like looking out for number one is wrong. And so we come to church and we think, okay, I can't look out for number one and expecting blessing is, is looking out for number one. But my son, the other day, yelled at my wife. Sorry, Xander, I've got to tell the story. He yelled at my wife, I sent him to his room, he was gonna stay there for the rest of the day. I was done. And you don't yell at my wife, <laughs> you know. Uh, but he did, and I sent him, and we, we were gonna sit down as a family and watch a movie. <coughs> so it's an hour later or so, we're getting ready to watch the movie, and Pam says, are you gonna let the boy out? I said, absolutely not. I said, do you want him to come out? Well, kinda, yeah. So I called Xander out. I said, son, do you want to watch the movie? Or I, I, I said, Sandra, you yelled at my wife. You know that's not acceptable. You misbehaved. I want you to stay in the room for the rest of your night. However, for the rest of the night, however, your mom wants you to come out and watch the movie with the family. What do you think?" And you guys have met my son. He's he's shared a thing or two. He says, "Well, on the one hand, I don't deserve it. I yelled at mom. It was wrong. I shouldn't have. I should be in my room." He said, "But on the other hand, mom is the person that I hurt, and if she wants me here, don't you think I should be here?" Wow right? So Pam and I laughed towards each other. He was standing here so I kind of look over and like (laughs) because it was good, right? We're we're like, yeah. All right. I take no responsibility for him. He's, (laughs) He's his own. But that's what God's saying. He's saying, yeah, maybe you don't deserve this but I want you to have it. Shouldn't you have it? And I think that's where, where, where I come to, at least.
4: Any other thoughts on uh, the struggles with uh, giving? I'd, uh, oh, go ahead. I'd say that um, <clears throat> this is going to sound really odd, but I, God had wired me to do this, you know, to give, to do it in these ways. He, and so I've never really he wired sp- you.: Yeah, I mean that's, so He built you. That's the way I've been, God's made me. So I really like doing it. I enjoy it. I, you know, I don't have any questions about it. But I didn't come that way until I became a Christian and became part of the a, a family, right? But I wanted to just say a couple of things aside real quickly. When we have some giving donations, whatever it is, be in agreement with your spouse right. about what you're giving, if you're giving. The other thing I wanted to say was, and this is going to be a plug, Bill Boylan has written a book called... Life-giving, it's 30 chapters, really short chapters. This most amazing book on giving I've ever read, it nails every aspect of giving in the heart about giving and what God wants or wants to give us. It's so simple and it's, I mean, straightforward and clear in this way, as simply put. I highly endorse, if anybody has any questions about where they stand about giving, to read this, it's amazing. So, Bill's not here. so. You know he doesn't have to stand up or anything but it is a really good primer if you have any questions about why you give when to give it isn't about emotion it isn't about need because there's certainly there's need everywhere it's about father god's heart and where you should be putting that and how it will be blessed through people and back to you so anyway
0: just in case you're wondering our stance as far as plugging bill Boylan's stuff is do it okay yeah no Two questions thumbs up yeah, we're we're, we're pro bill. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, any other thoughts before we move forward? Yes.
1: Um, I grew up in a middle class family and on my gra- great grandfather's cattle ranch, and my grandparents were wealthy. So I mean, I was starved, but I always had everything. And then I got saved, and um, I just loved it. It just was there this wanting to give, and, and uh, I'd give away things, and I'd see somebody need a coat, or this, or that, or and I was a cleaning lady, so, I tell people, if you're going to get rid of anything, just give it to me. And then I would hand it out to people. So, Matt, like, I might give something away, and then God gave me 10 more. And then I thought, I got 10 more I have to get out there to people. It just kept multiplying. And it's one of the greatest joys of my life. I like serving my brothers and sisters, I like serving people outside. The love is just the same, just like Christ's love for me and the world is the same. And it's just. A, a joy. And just to remind you, if you've never been there and you get in there, just be prepared. He may just fill up your whole garage and then you got to get rid of that.
0: <laughs> All right. And that's happened. That's fantastic. So um, we're going to go ahead and move forward because we've got three more sets and we're running out of time. Um, <clears throat> during the week where we talked about investing in healthy relationships, Shanna Grenz Williams came and shared at Destiny. But the gentlemen were actually at men's retreat that week. So a good chunk of the guys have no idea what she talked about. Uh, and, and next service, if we have more time, ladies, I will ask you about her, about her message. But gentlemen, uh, we were at men's retreat including me and both of these guys on the panel. We were all at men's retreat, uh, but we were still learning about investing in healthy relationships because we were investing in healthy relationships that weekend. So I wanted to ask um, Andrew and Tom, what did you learn about honesty and openness and how it affects relationships, making them more meaningful? And did can I read can- that too yeah. fast? Um, i trying to
3: remember what I was thinking before. Um, I might have to sit
4: on that one for a little bit if Tom has anything. Oh. I, uh, well, I can okay. give you guys a, Do you need a moment? No, like, I'll just spill. Okay. So, <laughs> um, First of all, I just want to say I've been to a lot of the men's retreats. This was the first one that people exposed themselves at the heart level. were vulnerable to one another. Told them each other of their relationships or what they were about so they, we could have a relationship. We knew where someone was coming from, from their background a little bit, just by the vignettes that we did together. It, it actually turns out that there were two gentlemen that were there that shared, that just actually broke it all open. I mean, just wrecked us i mean wrecked me anyway and god gave us you know the opportunity through you know the way this thing was uh, facilitated and um you know to pray with people and pray for and be prayed for and it was just so revealing and so deep um and even the time of just casual time and hilarity around a fire became deep because people were willing to just let it fly and it wasn't all spiritual uh, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, which gets cloaked and, you know, people think that's the way it is. No, it was just people being real with one another, deep with one another, and having fun with one another. So, I have closer relationships a more open relationship. Uh, I'm more willing to walk up to somebody now and talk to them. You know, I'm just speaking for myself. Um more interested in how it's going for somebody. I know I should have been at that level a long time ago, but it's, you know, I try to do that, but it it just, this broke it open big time. And uh, I just, uh, again, want to thank everybody who was there and who had a part. And the gentleman who was there from Colorado, um, it was just uh, such a tender heart, such an an exposure to get to the place where, you know, the heart which we all know our hearts have some crust around them to have some of that broken away and get to the tender part that God can minister and really speak to us so anyway that's what I got out of it
0: yeah and you know Tom and I got to have first like what I would consider real conversation ever and we've been going to the same church working together for over nine years now and uh Turns out that, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation is better than the original series, and that's just how it is. And Tom can argue all he wants, but I'm right. Enterprise. <laughs> what happens at Men's Retreat stays at Men's Retreat. Andrew, anything you want to add?
3: Um, so I this was actually the first Men's Retreat uh, with Destiny that I'd ever been to. So I didn't actually know that it had been any different before. Um, so I just kind of walked in blind but um, honesty and openness are very important things to me if you know my family uh, any well at all then you know that that's very important to them because we talk about our feelings all the time and don't know how to stop Um, and I think like it was it was really refreshing for me because like similar to you guys I a lot of the guys here, uh, I don't know super well. I was always in youth, and I was always friends with um, those guys. Uh, uh, people kind of either close to my age or younger than me. Uh, but at this point, a lot of them aren't here anymore, and I had never, I hadn't made any of those connections. And it was just really cool to um, just get, I don't know, in, into the good stuff like the. Like really what's in people's hearts in the, in the hearts of men and it was it was just great to see that example of uh, people who from people who had more guys who had more experience than I had uh, with God um, with all sorts of things and I don't know I just learned like it just showed me more how important it is to um, to ask real questions and to not just to other people but to yourself and to, um, I don't know, just get into the real stuff.
0: That's fantastic. Something that was great for me this year, um, just really quickly, is uh, that Andrew and a couple of other of the uh, graduated youth students came. And they ended up in my group and we were having these real conversations and I'm sharing stories that they had actually never heard. They're used to hearing all my stories over and over again. Thing is, if you only come to Wednesday Night Youth, you only hear the stories that are appropriate for Wednesday night youth. If you only come to Sunday morning, you're only going to hear Sean's stories that are appropriate for the topic that he's talking about. But getting to know one another on a deeper level requires time and a sit down and openness and honesty that can't always happen within these walls. Um, So we really want to encourage um, those uh, kind of conversations with, with people in the church. Sit down somewhere that's not here. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just when the kids are running around, but find time where you guys can sit down and just really dig into each other's lives. Um, You know, something that Pastor Sean hasn't talked about, but I'm going to, is um, when we we were talking about fight clubs, Pastor Sean actually started a fight club. It's just me and him. But we get each other because he's been where I am for the longest time. We're similar in age, similar in, in family size and life, and we can sit down over coffee and we can talk about stuff to each other that we can't really talk about with anybody else. And so our relationship is so much deeper and stronger because we have that space where we can sit down and have those real conversations. And we really want to see you guys do that too. Because if you want to see destiny get stronger, that's how that yeah. happens, okay? Oh, yeah. So we have two more things really quickly that we want to get through. And we're okay for time. We're not doing, we're not doing super bad. We're still ahead of Sean's schedule. So uh, <laughs> uh, week number, um, I don't even know where I am. One, two, three, four, five. Week number five was telling my story. Um, This one's all about uh, um, testimony. And the root word for testimony is? Come on. It's like Brent hadn't been gone that long. The root word for testimony is? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Our testimony is reliving what God has done. And when we share it with people, we're we're giving them the the power to step into our story and and, kind of live along with what we're talking about. So this one is kind of funny because it's what today's all about. They're telling their story so that we can all be enriched, right? So um, we're just gonna ask the first question again. As you have carried the image of God into the world, how has your story impacted others in a positive way? Like you've seen this, this isn't being uh, arrogant to share the story, but you've carried God into situations and you've seen things change. Wow. And everybody doesn't have to share, but one or two would be awesome.
2: I, well, for me, um, sharing the story is, you know, people, people want to see the human side of things. You know, it's like my students see the teacher, and, and you know, they don't think that do we, like, go to grocery stores or do regular stuff <laughs> or anything like that. Um, you know, but when people are, are in, a, are in a, a rough place, there just isn't any time for all this namby-pamby, get-to-know-you stuff. It's kind of like when years ago I was a hospice nurse. And you don't walk in and, and make small talk, you get, you get right down to the things of the heart. And that to me is, um, you know, whether it's with a student or whether it's with another person who's, who's going through some rough time, that, but it's a shared experience that we've, you know, like I've been there and done that. You know, I mean, many of you know the struggles we've had with our with our son and and um, with our, with our grandkids. You know, to, um there are different ones in here that that we've connected on that because it's a shared experience, and I've been better off for it, and and I believe the other person too. But it's also I've seen it in in the youth. It's like I have a youth group of like 700 kids. I don't know, um, but. Here's an example um, of this little girl who um, is really just struggling with things. And so she comes and spends her study hall time in my room because it's quiet. And, and she's going through some pretty rough stuff. And she shared with me this one particular issue. And because I had walked in those shoes years ago, um, actually an eating disorder thing, because I've been there and done that and, and have watched God Heal. Um, I was able to, I was able to take the risk with her and say, I've been where you're at, and I'm here to tell you that all this chatter you hear is a lie, and there is a God who loves you, unbelievably, unimaginably more, just the way you are. And I have to be kind of careful because it's in mean, public school, right? and I said I'm going to be praying for you, and if you want me to pray with you, I will. And she reached out her arm and just pulled me in. And I thought, I said, well, let's pretend it's 3.31. And we prayed. I prayed over her. And, you know, do I know if she got healed or whatever? No. But I know that she heard about a, a God who madly loves her unconditionally. No strength attached.
0: We really can't. Uh, un- we, we too often do but we really can't we really shouldn't undervalue the planting of a seed we might not see that come out and especially like for me when I'm working with next general they're here for a moment and then they're gone um, and, and that's, that's constant they're constantly just, just gone and I don't know if what I've said is going to do anything but I have to believe that what God does is beyond this moment and I have to have right. faith in that. In and that, right. that just because I didn't see fruit, because I stepped out, I shared God with the world around me, just because I didn't see fruit in this moment doesn't mean that it's not going to come because planting the seed is so important. I might plant the seed. Somebody else down the road might water it, but God is going to harvest in the end. Okay? Let's move on to the last question. Last week was actually, last week, it was just a week ago, so... Hopefully it's still fresh. Was uh, we were focusing on serving others, and these guys are all serving us now, uh, which is wonderful. And they all serve at Destiny. Um, but Pastor Sean shared that as a response to God's love for us, we gather together and seek God's direction. We worship Him and rely on each other. What has been your experience as a part of the body of Christ? Actually, forget that question. What words of encouragement would you share with someone who might be apprehensive about serving in the church?
1: Um, I've always served, like I said, but it's, it's fun. But we've always had a lot of um, home groups. So we were not just serving in the church, but we were serving in our home. And uh, we had people of all ages and denominations. And we were even doing this in New Mexico, uh, Navajos and and, uh, people. And bringing them into our home, which is so warm and so giving and so open and a relaxed place for people that people could really share. And if it needed to be on -on one-on-one, we would do that. And we would have a meal. And um, we would celebrate birthdays. We have this thing about birthdays. And um, it, was, it was a close, intimate thing for people to open up. And they, and they could see how we lived also. We weren't perfect, but we loved. And we helped. And we did what we could, even with their children. And it was a real, real wonderful time for us and for the people.
4: Well, <clears throat> You know, you know, I might not understand or even be ready for it when it happens, but 21 years ago or so, you know, I was uh, doing pretty good in a job, and I got uh, separated from that job. I had no job, I didn't know what I was doing, and a church started, and we started coming to it, and you know shortly thereafter, I'll tell you, it's probably not even 30 days they asked me to be on the council of this church starting.
0: Sounds like they made a really sounds good like
4: choice. sounds like destiny is what it sounds like.
0: Sounds like it was a smart call on their part.
4: Well, I had no idea. I'd never done anything like that before. and uh, There were a lot of early years that I served on the council, you know, six years or something, in the formation of this church in the early days. Now, that's a long time ago, and I'm not trying to live it, but I know that just because God put me here and my wife here, and then... The pastors and the uh, others on the council prayed about it and asked me, and I was open to God, scared. I served, learned as I served, but served. And while that happened, the same time I had some friends who are no longer really on this earth, decided a thing called Love, Inc. might be a good idea. So we started Love, Inc., and I was on the board of Love, Inc. for a number of years. The inception of two entities in this town that have affected hundreds and thousands of people and are still doing that. And so, you talk about Seed Forward. I had no idea, but God did. He put me there, I walked it out, not knowing what I was doing, <clears throat> and, but it still turned out because he's in, you know, doing does. it through him. So anyway, I just, don't be afraid to step in. Don't be afraid of what's happened before. I mean, I came out of other churches and other things. I can't say I was, you know, involved at that level. But don't say no. Say yes. Say yay. And go for it.
0: Absolutely. You know, God does not call the equipped he equips the call. If the dream, if the thing that God's calling you to seems like something you can do, it's probably not God, because God tends to shoot so much higher and farther and bigger than we can ever imagine. Um, You know, God called me to go to school in British Columbia. I grew up in Gillette. I was in Gillette. I was at a Holy Spirit conference. God said, go to school in Canada. (laughs) Okay. But I did. And now 15, 16, 17, 18 years later, I don't know math, but I don't have to do math. It's not my job. Uh, But but you mean then and now, God has done so much, and I've gotten to see so much. And just this year, um, we were traveling to a bunch of different events and doing some stuff with Brent, doing some stuff with Sean, and I went to Cuba. How many people went to Cuba in the last 100 years? How many Americans have been to Cuba? But God did that because I said yes to one little crazy thing, and it it set me off on this journey that's taken me to just insane places. And and I I really... um, if you feel like you're scared to step in and to serve and to, to join, it's a great story. do it anyway. All right? Stand. I'm going to pray over you guys and we'll let you go. If you want to come, uh, next service. We'll be answering some different questions, so uh, it'll still be organic, it'll still be fresh, and it'll probably be new information. So if you feel like staying, go ahead, because I'll definitely be here. Uh, All right. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you first for this panel, for these four people that you called today to come and share life with us, God. I thank you that we were encouraged, that we were edified. God, that today, um, in this moment, we were the body of Christ. We came together, and we grew, and we learned, and we got closer to you when we got closer to each other. God, I thank you so much for this model. God, I thank you so much that that, that, the church isn't a chain where the weakest link wrecks the whole thing, God, but we're a body where when something gets wrecked, the body comes and heals it. God, I pray that as we move forward from today, we would be that kind of body that would heal, that would love, that would nurture, that would take care of one another and edify one another more. And God, as we come back to the habits, the last six weeks, that we spent, God. Habits are are something that are good to have, but we don't always like fall into them. For me, a habit is like the worst thing to get. And once I have it, it's the hardest thing to break. But God, I pray that in each one of our lives, you would build these habits. Not because we want to look good or or sound good or because we want to, you know, check the things off the good Christian criteria list. But God, we want to have these habits in our lives because you said they're good for us. Because they bring us closer to you and they bring us closer to one another, God. I pray that you would build these things in our lives moving forward. And God, we thank you so much for being patient with us, for working with us, for working on us, God, for not giving up. God, you don't throw away a broken pot, you rebuild it. We thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. In your name we pray.